craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The masculine journey starts here now. Welcome to the Masculine Journey. We are glad to have you with us today. And Robbie, it's glad to have you here. It's good to have you back, Sam. We missed you last week. Well, thank you. That feels pretty good. Thanks. We didn't even hit on you at all, you know. You didn't? Well, no, that's I, I, unbelievable, but true. You can rephrase Robbie's that. always hitting on him. Let's rephrase it. All right, let's <laughs> we start over. Bad, welcome to the Masculine bad Journey. Of terms. Yeah, yeah welcome to the Masculine Journey. We did learn something <laughs> very vital before the show. Don't feed Al cannolis before you come on <laughs> because he gets really sugar going and so yeah, we don't yeah, know which hour we're going to get ugly. today but uh anyway we thank you all for bringing canoes but it's uh, my pleasure we are going to be talking about a topic today that uh, I, i'm really excited about i think that it's something that uh, we all face from time to time whether we we know it or not but we're going to be talking a little bit about anchors from our past so now al you were in the service right that is correct right and so what does an anchor do well in the navy yes <laughs> yes well, it's an more, anchor more will, impactful to ask you. <laughs> if he's in the Air Force, probably not as much. It, it does a couple of things. Um, first off, it weights the, the ship down and doesn't let it go anywhere. Mm-hmm. But also, when you have an anchor in the storm and you need to stay close to a certain point, it keeps you from drifting. Right. So it has two purposes. Right. And the, the one we're talking about today is probably more of the one that doesn't let you go someplace. Right. And so we're, we're going to play a clip pretty early in it to kind of set it up. And this is from a movie called The Lion King. Um, in this, this scene, you have Simba and uh, Rafiki. Is that his name? That's him. Rafiki. Rafiki. And uh, Rafiki's kind of his sage who's coming along with him. And he's just coming out of a point where um, he's been off on an adventure, but really it's been more about running and hiding. And he's coming back to face some things in his life, and I want you to listen to this exchange between him and Rafiki, and we'll come back and talk about it. What was that? <laughs> the weather. <laughs> Very peculiar. Don't you think? Yeah. Looks like the winds are changing. Ah, uh, change is good. Yeah, but it's not easy. I know what I have to do, but going back means I'll have to face my past. I've been running from it for so long. Ow! Jeez, what was that for? It doesn't matter. It's in the past. <laughs> yeah, but it still hurts. Oh, yes, the past can hurt. But the way I see it, you can either run from it or learn from it. Ah, you see? So, Robbie, as, as you listen to that, this this clip just always amazes me. This The depth of it. Uh, to me, it's an incredible clip. It absolutely is. And one time I had the joy of interviewing Robert Guillaume about doing that particular scene. And it was his, of all his acting career, that was his favorite all time. And, and so the words even were extremely impactful to him. But to learn from our past rather than to run from it is, it's heavy duty. And of course, we can all picture the club that he used. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've had that club put on me. Haven't you, Pumbaa? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have. The, uh, you know, th- a couple things we can do with our past. We, we can run from it. But in some ways, we can also embrace it in unhealthy ways. 
And so I think those are a couple of things that we have to do to try to move past it. But what are some of those anchors that we're talking about? I know that term may not ring true to you and what that might be, but Al, as I ask you, what could be an anchor in somebody's past that when they dig a little bit below the surface and they're continuing to struggle with the same feelings, the same issues, why am I here again? And they dig a little deeper. What are some of the things they begin to find? Well, there's bitterroot agreements that can definitely set in. And when you start using terms like um, always, every time, only, you start to realize that the enemy's coming after you. There's also a feeling that kind of comes with that. There's an anxiety that a dread and you don't know how to get away from it. So when those times come, it's important to, to realize, okay, this did happen, but it's not happening now. It's Mm -hmm. I'm not reliving this moment. You know, I'm here with, and I've got to let God guide me through this. So as I hear you, you say that there's definitely a feeling sometimes of I've been here before. Oh, definitely. Maybe not this exact situation, but it feels very familiar. Right. For those of you that you know, may have had you know, this type of thing in your past and you step into another arena 20 years later and you step into a situation that feels exactly the, exactly the same, it kind of feels like a really bad version of Groundhog Day, doesn't it, Robbie? Yeah, for me, a great example, a pitiful example, depending on how you want to look at it, is I have this thing with my temper where, um, and it's almost like my father had a temper and and so somehow or another, I inherited this temper, and I made this agreement with Satan that I was going to have this temper, and, and something this or that or happen, and I'll get flaming hot, and then, wow, I'm here again. God, how did I let this happen to me? And then, you know, I think I've got healing, and I'm moving past it, and then all of a sudden, this flares and that flares, and the next thing you know, here I am with this anchor of agreements and, and things that, you know, and, and what's crazy about it, Sam, really scary is my daughter the other day well you know dad we we have a bad temper in our family and i've got your temper i feel it coming on you know and i'm like oh man (laughs) satan has got another one and he's a real to me and you know there he goes so uh, robbie let me ask you a question when when that happens and you feel yourself losing control right who's taking control yeah well again you find yourself there and, it's, and you think, well, I ought to be able to just rise above this somehow, but it's not quite so easy. Yeah, when those moments happen, it's not when we engage our brain and go, hmm, I wonder who's taking control. You know, it's, it's one of those things that you would really like to not have happen, but reasoning your way through it at that moment when it's flaring doesn't usually seem to work too good. See, it does. And I agree with that. I guess where I'm going with this is that when we start to lose control, this is a ploy by the enemy. And my wife and I went through something this past weekend where um, something was rising up in her. And I was I knew I shouldn't have said anything. I was trying not to. And then I said just a simple, man, we probably should have planned a little better. And then it came up. Both of us kind of got that angry feeling. And then we recognized, okay, wait a minute. I didn't do this to you and you didn't do this to me. This isn't us. And we pulled back. And that was one of those joyous moments where, hey, we still love each other. And we, st- we averted a fight just because we recognized that anxiety, you know, in our past were, was coming back to haunt us. Because um, as you were talking, Robbie, and you, you said you have this temper, you're carrying a burden. But if uh, this is a burden from your past and I bring it up, I bear the weight of that burden from your past. As we, as we talk through this, 
And I think some things, some elements we want to bring out, right, is you know, we talked a little bit about anxiety. There's something that can happen. Anger is another reaction. Um, fear, which is similar. It's like a cousin to anxiety. You know, fear is another one. Um, shame. You know, I think that's what Simba's really facing here. He's feeling some shame over a situation that he thinks that he caused. Right, and you're right, Al, the enemy's in the midst of that. In this movie, it's done by the voice of Scar. But really, there's something behind Scar. Right? And so, again, I'm not telling you that, that The Lion King some biblical movie, but I'm well, saying there's some real truths in it. And, and that's the key word to me, Sam, is truth. Because eventually it will be the truth that sets Simba free. And, and kind of cool that Jesus happens to be the truth. <laughs> and also that I work for the Truth Network. It's all coming together for me. But it is. Uh, it's a wonderful thing to know that in getting back and trying to get some healing through those anchors, there's some truth that you are not aware of. That truth may be that you made an agreement that you got a bad temper. The truth may be there's a bit of root. There's some truth in there that God has for you. And, and discovering it as part of that process, it, it's it's not always so easy. It's not. And, and I think that we throw around some terms that aren't always easy to relate to. You know, we talk about these agreements, but it is simply just saying, yeah, I agree with what I'm hearing to be true about me or to be true about somebody else or be, to be true about just people in general. Right. And so that's usually the voice of the enemy. You know, you can see that in Genesis when he does that to Adam and Eve. Right, so go back and read that. You can see very clearly he's planting some seeds of doubt. But I think another thing that we talk about is vows. They get in the way. You know, something happens to you and you, you make a vow, this will never happen to me again. And so you start to react out of a vow. When you get to something that feels very, very close to what you felt before, then that vow kicks in and all of a sudden you get to the place where logic doesn't seem to really play into the factor. It's not one of the things that's running through your head. It's a very illogical place to be. All right, emotion kicks in, and, right. and and it's hard to see straight because now you got, like in any battle, you've got shells going off all over the place, and you, you can't hear well, you can't see well, there's smoke, <laughs> and it's a dangerous place to be. It is, and the enemy loves, as you said, Al, to play both sides of that. All right, if he can get you and, and your wife to both be angry at each other at something that he's trying to cause— Wow, he just wins all around because not only are you guys getting deeper entrenched in what you've already been fighting, but you're also mad at each other, which is your ally. Right? And so that's what a, a great ploy that that is. It's just the art of war, isn't it, Al? I mean, that's exactly what it is. And, you know, having the ability to recognize those warning signs, you know, especially if you're in a, in a relationship in your your partner your wife your husband they recognize when i say always and i say you never and you only these are the warning signs and now that my wife and i are teaming up against the enemy you know we're fighting these battles and winning more often than not and i think it's kind of fun is not fun uh, but i think it's kind of cool <laughs> is even my 10 year old eli has learned as, as we've talked in our household that if, if I say something to him and I say always, he'll usually turn to me and say, Dad, I don't do anything always. Yeah. <laughs> right? And that's a great place to be because, you know, we don't. But that's just, again, that enemy wanting to, me as his father, say something that he makes an agreement with. Right? And it's not true. He doesn't always do anything. 
I always love him, but he doesn't always do anything. And I, I wonder where he learned that from. Uh, I don't. His mom. Yeah. I think it was his mom. Another neat thing about this this clip, and and, and actually one that I know has, we've got coming, and I can hear Rafiki saying it. it. It's actually one of the key lines of the movie. It is time. Mm-hmm. There's a specific time. That's a season where he's going to call Simba out. That's right. A- and timing is is often what God <laughs> is part of the process of, of healing. It is. And we're going to come back. We're going to talk about that process that God takes us through. We're going to talk about that irrational behavior. Where's that really coming from? And what's underneath those other things? What's underneath the anger? What's underneath the fear? When you come back, we're going to talk more about that. We appreciate you listening. Go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org for any information on upcoming events. Your phone, your tablet, your iPad, your Android just became a radio. That's right. You can take the Truth Network with you everywhere now thanks to our brand new Truth Network app. That's right. Listen to Dr. Michael Brown in the Line of Fire, the Christian Car Guy with Robbie Dillmore, Truth Talk Live, all of our programming 24-7 right there in your hand. Perhaps you're out of range of your radio or traveling in a busy airport. You can plug into the Truth Network. Just go to truthnetwork.com to download the new free app. That's truthnetwork.com. There's a part of our world that we pay little attention to. Here, an ant drags a seed five times its own size, and a bee sips from a drop of dew. And down here, toxic chemicals and carcinogens are leaching into our environment. They come from objects that we look past every day, littered cigarette butts. Let's stop the toxic litter. Learn more at RethinkButts.org, brought to you by Legacy and Leave No Trace. Hello, welcome back to Masculine Journey. We are glad to have you with us today. We are talking about the anchors of the past. And again, if you're just tuning in, you say, okay, what is that? Really, it's not, you know, some old song that only Dennis would know. And he's not here. I can pick on him. He likes songs. Um, but no. Anchors away. I'm pretty sure. Anchors away. That would be Al. We're back to Al. Again. <laughs> say it with a smile. <laughs> no, what we're talking about, what are those things that, that hold you down? that hold you from getting to the place of life. And we may not always see them for what they are. We'll see them as something different, and God continues to peel back the layers and kind of go deeper and say, okay, what is underneath that that anger, Robbie, or what's underneath that anxiety, Al? Or what's underneath that vow, Sam? Or what's the teachable moment here? What what are you getting out of that situation that you're going to use later to help others? Exactly. Because God will use what we come through to help in other situations. The the thing that you'll find that is under every one of those, at some level or not, is a wound. It's something, you didn't just one day say, hey, I have a bad temper. I'm sure somewhere along the way, there was a wound associated with that, or wounds. You know, And wounds can be self-inflicted, or they can be inflicted upon us, or we can inflict them on others. Right? But those that wounding, that that process of wounding is what really causes all those other things and so god goes after that i'm gonna go to a clip here pretty quickly um from the movie bagger vance and we have a couple clips from there but on this first clip you've got uh, juna who is a golfer um very very good amateur golfer he goes off to war with a bunch of guys from his his town and he's the commander everybody else gets killed he comes back as a sole survivor and kind of just disappears 
kind of comes back to town. No one really knows he's around. And all of a sudden, they have a golf tournament that comes up. And so they're trying to talk about who should play in this golf tournament. And this little boy says, I think that Juna needs to be the one to play. And so he comes after him, and Juna gets interested a little bit. And he steps out, and he meets a character uh, called Bagger Vance, who is the Holy Spirit. And Bagger starts to take him on this journey. And just as that journey is starting to uh, get towards fruition, the enemy steps back into reminding of something from his past. And that's where we're going to pick up this clip. You gonna be one of a different club, Dale Juna? I can't do this. Hey, you might should just loose your grip up a smidge. You know, a man's grip on his club, just like a man's grip That's not what I'm talking about. I know. No, you don't. What I'm talking about is a game. Game that can't be won, only played. You don't understand. I don't need to understand. And a soul on this entire earth ain't got a burden to carry. He don't understand. You ain't alone in that. But you've been carrying this one long enough. Time to go on. Lay it down. I don't know how. You got a choice. You can stop. Or you can stop. Start. Walking. Where? Right back to where you always been. And then stand there. Still. Real still. And remember. It's too long ago. Oh no, sir. It was just a moment ago. Time for you to come on out the shadows, Juna. Time for you to choose. I can't. Yes, you can. But you ain't alone. I'm right here with you. I've been here all along. So, Robbie, as you listen to that clip, there's there's a lot in there, isn't there? There's a lot in there about what's kind of going on behind the scenes here. Yeah, you're you're seeing that um, Juna's had this traumatic experience, and for mm-hmm. those who don't know, that he was supposed to lead this, you know, platoon, and he came back the only one alive. So, mm-hmm. here's all this shame of what I was supposed to be, and how am I going to rise above that at this point in time? And apparently, according to the Holy Spirit character, Bagger Vance, at this point, it's time to start using his swing again. Yeah, but remember, I think it's important to, to know what he tells him first. Stop and go back. Right? There's something there that you need to go back to and remember. He's going to take him back to a time that things are, are more true. There was something before that event in his life that was true. You know, and he asked him to go back and remember what that was, what life was like, right, before the woundedness came in. And so God takes us back into that point of our woundedness to get us through it to where we can get moved past it. You know, in touch, going further from what Robbie said, in the early 1900s, the military believed that if you went to war with your community, the people you grew up with, friends and family, you would fight harder. 
and you would be stronger. What they found is that when you had so many people that you care about die around you, you lost your hope and your will. So June is coming in and he's seen everybody, every family that he knows growing up and he sees their loss and he feels, who am I? Who am I compared to their loss? And how can I come back and, and face them knowing that, you know, I don't measure up. I can't fulfill or help their loss. So that feeling of self worthlessness, um, that, that misery that comes with the, the shame or guilt from being there. So many of us have dealt with that. So what I love about this is the Holy Spirit doesn't let him go. He stays with him when he tries to fight back and say, I can't just like God's pursuing every one of us. He's, he's showing us this through Jonah. I think it was pretty cool. Al, he continues to say, you know, I'm right here with you. I've been with you all along. Right. And I think sometimes we lose sight of that and things that happen in our life. You know, we can almost feel abandoned at times from God, but, but God comes back and says, no, I was right there with you. My heart was breaking with you in the midst of it, but I never left you. Wow. And I've watched that clip. I don't know how many times and I've heard it. I don't know how many times, but you just gave me some wisdom that was in there that I had missed out on that clearly in my own life, there was a time before I had a bad temper and he was taking Juna back to when he was a great, so he was saying there was a time before the, the wound where he was, where he did have that natural swing. And when he says it wasn't that, because he says that was a long time ago, he said, no, it, wasn't. it was just a moment ago. And he wasn't talking about the battle was a moment ago. He was talking, that's this part I've had this revelation. <laughs> Thank you. He was talking about that he was a great golfer a moment ago. Right. And, and, and I think some of you have heard me tell the story of my innocence card, mm-hmm. that when I had that innocence card as a young boy, it wasn't that long ago. And Jesus literally took me there mm-hmm. to show me that I could have that innocence card back but it was really important to the Holy Spirit to, to tell me, do you want this? Is this something that you want? Do you, do you want to be healed? Right. And, and, it's, and it's an invitation to go back there, right? But if you don't go back there, you will never move past the anchor. You know, there was a time when I had a lot of wounds from my childhood. You know, my parents divorced when I was about one. My stepfather died when I was six. I was moved, taken in by another family because my home life was so difficult. And so that was kind of like being adopted. And there was a very uh, empty feeling because I was on my own from 18 on. Then when God pursued me after my divorce and, and he was with me through the whole thing, but he was saying, no, I've got something else for you. And now I'm married. I have three beautiful children, but I have a Bible study with my middle son. And in this Bible study are children that are, have, have gone through a divorce while they were in the Bible study. There's children that are adopted from the Ukraine. There is a, a little girl who has never met her father. He left as soon as he found out she was coming. Um, and so I, I have a unique perspective with every one of these children. I wouldn't trade that for anything. It's the pain that I went through that allows me to love them and help them spiritually turn to God to, to help them through it. But you can't teach what you haven't lived. Exactly. 
right? So God has to take you through that process first and foremost for your heart, and then he'll allow you to release that to help others, right? But with Juna, he's just saying, I want to take you back to life, right? I want you to find life again. I want you to find joy again, right? We talked earlier about, and we're not going to be able to get to our second clip, so you have to, to email us and I'll tell you what it is. So you can find that email information at maskandjourneyradio.org. And you can uh, either email Al or Robbie or myself or Dennis. But since Dennis isn't here, he may not know. The, um, the, the part that we talked about was why aren't we rational? Because we're reacting as we did when we were at that age. Right? When I made that vow of this will never happen to me again, I made it at a very young age. And when I really let the enemy get in my head and say this situation is like that situation, it may not be the same exact details, but it feels the same, then I react like an immature person, if you really want the truth. Rationale doesn't play into the factor. But when God goes back and he heals that, right? then now I can move more fully into manhood. You were talking earlier, Robbie, about Paul writes, when I was a child, I thought like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish things. And I think that's part of that process. When, we got, when God takes us from those wounds of our childhood, young adulthood, whatever it is, we can move into a more mature place. Or a more complete understanding of the truth. Right. That, that, that you would not have any way of understanding as a child, you know, getting back to Simba's story, he had no way of knowing that Scar had set him up to, to take part in his father's death. But once the truth came out, and he could reason th- through that situation. He saw he was a legitimate king, which is, you know, what they named the movie. The right. King. Uh, and <laughs> and that's, that's God's goal for each of us. Right. Right, to become good kings, to love, love our, the people around us well. As you travel into this, God does come after your heart, right? And he comes after your heart not for what you can do for him. He comes after your heart to be more deeply intimate with him. And as a result of that, you do impact the lives of others, right? And we were talking earlier, it would be arrogant of me to think that God needs me. He couldn't do it without me. God chooses to do it with you, Robbie. He chooses to do it with Al and Vinny and myself. And he does that through the healing that we need to go through and we can move past those anchors. We appreciate you listening. Uh, We're going to be talking about this subject again, not too long down the road. Uh, But we just thank you for being a part of this show. And if you'd like more on some podcasts in the past, Go to mashkinjourneyradio.org.